everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Locked In Sports Podcast. I'm William Locke, and joining me after about a month hiatus from MLB Podcasts is Luis Barranco. Luis, welcome back. How you doing? We're back on our BS, you know. We're back on the BS. This is our spring training. I mean, through a couple bullpen sessions over the weekend, doing a little bit of research, you know. I'm adding some pitches to my arsenal this year, you know, so William doesn't have to be the frontline ace this year in the locked-in edition of the baseball podcast. No, we, we, we have a good one-two top of the rotation. I'd say it's like a Garrett Cole, Justin Verlander type type vibe that we have going on. I appreciate yeah. that. I was, I was going to say you're more of a Randy Johnson, and I'm more like a you know, Mark Mussina type of deal. You know? No, I think you're Randy Johnson because obviously Randy Johnson was known for striking fear into the hearts of his opponents, and you strike absolute fear in me because in, in, I have absolutely no idea what you could say at any moment of the podcast. And, and good thing we don't do these live because if we did these live, <laughs> I don't think we'd be on the air anymore. <laughs> uh, so I th- you're more like Randy Johnson. Or like a Tim Wakefield that you don't know what you're going to get. You're either going to get a sub two, three ERA in the start or just an absolute earned run machine, you know? Yeah. Hey, rest in peace, Tim Wakefield as well. All right. Talk about Um, that, man. How's Chicago been, bro? Like, I mean, a lot to talk about since uh, our last pod. I mean, obviously you got that little uh, polar vortex. I mean, the whole country is uh, at negative or under freezing right now. And uh, only certain parts of the country like me are over that you know chilling out like yeah. a cool 77 degrees out here right now yeah it was it, it was similar to the chiefs game uh over the weekend it, it minus eight anywhere minus 15 overnight wind chill even worse i'm sure but try try to spend as much time inside as you can um and yeah i mean miami look, looks really nice but uh, I mean, I feel like we always talk about the weather and, 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 and what people do when they don't like when, when, when they're not friends with each other is they talk about the weather. But I feel like obviously we've known each other since second grade. We're, we're past that point where, of where we just talk about the weather as like filler conversation. You know, it's like you're in the elevator with somebody or like you, you work in a, in a, in the doctor's office. What do you probably talk about a lot with your, with your patients? Probably the weather. Cause it's filler. It's good filler convo. I talk about the weather and food. To be honest, like that's that's kind of like my go-to's. Or just like, what have you done today? Asking about the occupation, just simple mm-hmm. basic stuff you'd ask, like getting to know somebody, you know, type of type of vibes. Because a lot of times, like I'm meeting people for the first time, and so you want to ask, like, take the time, get to know, get some simple facts in. So yeah, pretty much. But I mean, regardless, I mean, I feel like uh, as people here in Miami would like to join you in um. And enjoying that weather because everybody's wearing a freaking parka these days for no no reason. It's like under eighty, under seventy five, and everybody's like, "Oh, it's cold." And I'm like, oh, "Like you've got to be kidding me!" Like these people would not survive one day up in Orlando. Like it's actually forty in Orlando right now. Yeah. I mean, think? I feel like central to northern Florida gets a little chillier. No, yeah, but it's it's crazy. It's just like everybody's wearing a parka and like scarves and like hats. Like one of my patients. For Christmas, because we haven't been on the air for Christmas. This is our first like yeah. podcast. First what 2024 I, pod. I've had people I, asking where you've been. Yeah. So um, I've been working, you know. One of my well, patients well, gave me a freaking beanie for Christmas. I'm like, thank you. Like, I enjoy the gift for giving me a beanie for Christmas, but it's just like, I live in Miami. Like, you're never going to wear it. Yeah. Think no, it. I mean, we took, we, we took the break because christmas obviously and it was the the thick of college football season so joe joe and i were kind of focusing on that we 
obviously there's a lot that we have to talk about today and in, in, in terms of deals and trades, but we haven't missed anything absolutely, you know, massive league altering type deal. We talked about the Otani deal. That was our last podcast. I think it was exactly a month ago, either today or yesterday. Um, so we're going to go through, you know, some of the major deals that have happened since the last podcast uh, and, and some of the guys that are somehow still on the market. And we talked about this before the off season, that MLB uh, free agency seems to take excruciatingly long and, and we're pretty much two months into it and, and we still have some of the top guys unsigned. You meant to say Boris Corp. I think that's the big, big caveat. You meant to say Boris mm-hmm. Corp is holding the market up like a freaking squeeze, bro. Boris Corp is the equivalent of, you know, of that person that doesn't know what they want to eat. And you're waiting and waiting and waiting that at some point you're just going to be like, screw it. Like, I'm hungry enough. I'm just going to eat the freaking protein bar out of the out of the kitchen sink, out of the kitchen pantry. You know, that's that's freaking Boris Corp. Boris Corp is holding up the market as much as freaking what's what's another one? As much as the presidential elections, American presidential elections, which is like that's actually a big topic. You know, Iowa caucus is tonight for you listeners that uh, it's actually around this time. I don't know if it's tonight or tomorrow, but, you know, it is election year. It, it is certainly uh, an eventful year and, and we don't need to go into politics. This is not a political podcast. This is a sports podcast. This is where people get to escape from the real world. Uh, and, and we can talk about some baseball. The biggest deal since we last so spoke. Way, so, wait, so wait, so this means that Cowboys fans can escape, uh, can go back to fantasy land thinking they're going to win a Super Bowl. <laughs> I don't. I honestly feel bad for Cowboys fans. Cowboys fans our age have not experienced anything. No glory, bro. Sorry, we're getting off topic, but I feel Packers fans are like the worst now. Like I actually like feel, like I'm actually sad. Like you said, sad for Cowboys fans. It's like what's a perfect analogy of that? It's like the Cowboys are like the Yankees in free agency, which is a perfect segue right now as how you know MLB free agency is gone. Like there's always hope for the Cowboys. Yet they're coming up short. And that has always been the Cowboys for the past 25 years and the Yankees in free agency since 2009. Yeah, but we're not going to start with the Yankees. Well, they did come short on this guy. Yushinbo Yamamoto. Go ahead. Go ahead. Take it away. Yamamoto signs with the Dodgers. 12 years, $325 million. Uh, obviously, or not obviously, but the the Dodgers owe his his Japanese league team fifty million dollars the posting fee, um, and he has an opt out in years six and eight, uh, and he also um, if he is traded he can opt out after the season. Um, they backloaded the deal, so it's only five million in year one, uh, and then at the end of the deal he'll be making like twenty eight twenty nine million. He can't go to the minor leagues without his consent. Not that they would ever send him down unless he was truly abysmal. Uh, it's the most guaranteed money to a starting pitcher, surpassing Garrett Cole. Now, interestingly enough, Yamamoto has not thrown a single pitch in Major League Baseball, uh, which is certainly a major caveat, I would say. And, and and you mentioned the Yankees coming up short. The Yankees do come up short. They offered him $300 million over 10 years, uh, and and he goes for 325 to 12. We, we were kind of talking about how you know he was taking – offers or, or sorry he was taking meetings with with every team phillies yankees giants uh, i think he met with the cubs you know a bunch of different teams and it kind of just seemed like he was using those teams to drive up the price because heading into this offseason you know it was like people were thinking he'll get 100 mil like 200 mil would seem kind of astronomical and he ends up with 325 million dollars i mean for me I, I think he for me i think he is going to be a good pitcher i think 
committing that much money to a guy that has not pitched a single inning in major league baseball is, is nerve wracking is cause for concern. But I think with the increased scouting and the increased ability we have to kind of um, analyze these pitchers from Japan or, or that are coming from overseas, uh, we just have more information on them than we did 10 years ago. So I ultimately think he's going to be an all-star level pitcher. He might pitch to the to the number to this contract, but it's a lot of money for a guy that has not pitched in Major League Baseball. I'm just saying this is the market is very peculiar. I understand he is young and to an extent compared to other pitchers, but the amount of money you're throwing at this guy, you're throwing him Garrett Cole money, and he hasn't even thrown a pitch. Garrett Cole was the AL Cy Young last year. You're literally expecting him to be Garrett Cole. Yeah, it's a lot. Of, it's a lot of pressure on the guy. He hasn't even thrown a pitch, and it's mm-hmm. just like, I'm gonna ask you a question: Is he even in your top ten? If you go watch Japanese clips online on YouTube, is he even in your top ten pitchers right now in the game? Top Which I mean, ten? Yeah, top ten in the game. Is he top ten at the game? I don't think he can be top ten in the game if he hasn't pitched uh, an inning. And I, I like, I think. But I'm he's... just saying, if you watch YouTube clips, like if you watch clips, you saw him in the in the WBC. Is he top ten mm-hmm. in the game? I don't. I don't think so. I don't think so. Is he better than Blake Snell? Probably yes. And I know Blake Snell won the Cy Young year last year, but his market is is questionable right now. It seems like a lot of teams don't want to spend the money to get him. I, I think Yamamoto will end up being better than Blake Snell. Yes. I right now, Blake it's Snell, hard to say. It's hard to say right now. I think you have to put an asterisk on Blake Snell. Why? Because of the character. Not that he's a character concerns, but nobody wants that like flashy character, you know, the brash character. It's a clubhouse, like depending on what mm-hmm. clubhouse you're fitting him. And like, and we'll talk about that later. But you know, I kind of feel like that's kind of like hurting him. No, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so it's just kind of like I don't understand. Like, I get it. He can be this great pitcher and cool, but like the contract the Dodgers gave him, he literally like milked them clean. Like he literally got everything he wanted. Opt outs. Like the only thing that protects them. Is opt-outs after year six and eight, which is tied to him being in the IL or having Tommy John surgery and being out for 134 consecutive service days, which is pretty much three-fourths or more of the regular season. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of like, you know, you're expecting him to be out three-fourths a year. And if he gets traded, he's opt-out. So it's just like he's going to be virtually impossible to trade in a perspective. So let's say like if you're a small market, mid-market team like a Texas – like I, you know, and I'm not saying this is a bias, but you know, Japanese pitchers do do like focus on location comparatively to Latino players and you know overseas players. Japanese players they all kind of stick together. And the fact of the matter is, is um, say you're a Texas and you trade for him at the deadline, how are you going to be able to retain him in Texas? Well, he's probably going to go right back to the West coast for all we yeah, know. Yeah. And you just basically got rinsed clean for like five prospects or three, like freaking the world Chapman Gliber Torres deal, which the world went right back to the Yankees right in the off season. But I mean, that's different context because they won the world series. And I think your dad said it best. Um, <laughs> quoting your dad. I, it's just like, it doesn't matter. They won the world series. That is forever. Right. Especially for, for the, the Cubs. Cubs. Yeah. So it's so it's just kind of like I, I like I understand Dodgers had to overpay, but now my thing is is how are they like? There's still question marks on the rotation. Now their rotation is probably Yanomoto, Bueller, and Glass. Now 
Who is the number one pitcher out of those three? Let me ask you that. I think Yamamoto can pitch himself into being the number one guy in that rotation. But if you, I don't think he's going to be their opening day starter. I think if you had to pick a guy right now, it'd probably be Glass. Now, if I had to bet on who their opening day starter was, it'd probably be him. And then but, Yamamoto but, game two, Bueller game three. But if you're if you're in playoff mode, you're in a DS series. Who's pitching game one? I think. I I can't answer that question now because I, we have not seen Yamamoto pitch an inning. But if he if he pitches to what you know his capability is, and he absolutely destroyed the Nippon Professional League in um, in J- Japan, he has uh, two no hitters, three Japanese triple crowns, uh, three Cy Young awards, and and two MVPs. Like the dude has, has was a, amazing in Japan. If he can pitch to roughly that level. I mean, okay, maybe not that high of a level, but you know, if he can replicate some of that success in America, I think he's their number one guy, and he might even be their number one guy with Otani in the rotation next year. Well, Otani's not pitching this year, so it's. I said next year, like in twenty twenty five. I mean, I know, but my thing is, is like, if you're the Dodgers, like, I understand it. It looks like a great year on paper, like the context. If everything goes right, but there's just so many what ifs. Like, I don't know. This gives me Daisuke Matsuzaka vibes. Really? Because I remember Daisuke, when he was coming, he was the, oh, he was it, the gyro ball, the freaking gyro ball. And, like, I guarantee you, Yanomoto, and I'll probably, you can probably save this on the, in the pod for, for, for the vault. I guarantee you, in April and in May, the dudes are crazy. But I want to see how he pitches in July. Let's see how he pitches, pitches in July and August when there's actual, like, tape on the guy like MLB tape mm-hmm. and see how hitters adjust. Cause you know, it happens all the time with minor leaguers that they come up in like the first month, month and a half. They're like, just absolutely just carrying the ball. Remember Aristides Aquino, the punisher. Yeah. From the that reds. Dude just, that dude was just demolishing balls. Where is he now? I I don't know. I don't He was the future for the reds. He, I don't even think he's in the, in the, he wasn't in the majors at the end. I know he wasn't on the reds. I think it was in the minor leagues. You see, now he was a free agent. He was, he was in. He went, He had to go to Japan mm-hmm. in twenty twenty two. My thing, and, was, he, and he hit one fifty four in Japan. Yeah, I mean, my thing with Yamamoto and and that make and what makes him different than Mats, uh, Daisuke Matsuzaka is is the fact that he has an array of pitches. It's not like he's relying on one pitch. And even last year, Kodai Senga, he was he came over and you know, everyone knew him for the ghost, ghost forkball. But he was able to pitch a really good rookie season last year uh, outside of just that one pitch. Obviously, he has that signature pitch. But Yamamoto has an array uh, of pitches that he can use. Obviously, fastball, uh, splitter. Uh, he goes with the curve, cutter, um, sweeper. Uh, and and he, he, he does a really good job of mixing uh, mixing speeds, mixing velos, and I think he, uh, I think the biggest knock on him is is the frame, maybe, and, and just the fact that he hasn't pitched in Major League Baseball yet to give him this much money. But the signs are there that he was so good in Japan that I, I think he can, I think he can replicate it. My biggest thing is like he has an insane breaking ball. I'll give you that. Like I've seen his breaking ball, and the thing breaks. Like between the splitter and the curve. Did you see that video? Video how? Um, of it framed, of it framed, like the by the catcher. You mean no, not the catcher, but like the the the, the trajectory. Like they oh. look like the exact same pitch. 
mm-hmm, like between mm-hmm. the splitter and the curve mm-hmm. and like the bottom is well. My biggest thing is if he can like keep it up, I'll, I, I'll just say this. Can he last 162? Yeah. I, I, it's There's so many questions about the, you know, these guys that come over from foreign leagues and we haven't seen them giving it's, you know, a record deal for, for a Japanese player. So uh, in terms of coming over right away. So we'll see. We'll see. And my, I think my biggest thing is like his five foot 10, you know, frame isn't that big of a deal. It's not a big of a deal as it is in other things in life, but uh, uh, being five foot 10, I mean, you see guys like Marcus Stroman be elite. So yeah. Perfect segue into the next thing. Well, I think that uh, I think we should talk about just wrapping up the Dodgers. They also signed Teoscar Hernandez uh, on a one year, $23.5 million deal. Uh, another deferral, uh, deferral payment deal by the Dodgers. Uh, he was an all-star in 2021 in Toronto, has kind of fallen off since then. 258 average last year, or sorry, uh, yeah, 258 average last year, uh, 26 bombs, uh, 435 slug, and a 741 OPS. He He's kind of fallen off from where he was back in 2021, but he's still a power bat. That's a lot of money for a one-year deal. Uh, and he he kills lefties. He hits 287 against lefties, so he'll slide into that to that lineup. And I think for me, just last note on the Dodgers and, and their fans: if you're a Dodgers fan, you're hyped. Obviously, you get Otani and you get Yamamoto. You get the two biggest names really on the market this offseason, and, and, and certainly the best pitcher and, and the best hitter. But they've reached a point. The Dodgers have reached a point to where it's kind of like the Mets last offseason, where if they don't win a World Series. Every year that Otani's under contract, the season's a failure. And, and there's so much pressure on this team now, and maybe more so than in years past that we're used to with the Dodgers, to where this team has to succeed right away. Uh, and, and, and if you're a Dodgers fan, it's like, we can win 120-something games, break a record, but if we don't win in, in, in October, none of it matters. And I think there's, there's just a ton of pressure on the players and, and like the fan base. You know, they're going to get dragged in the mud and made fun of if they don't win the whole thing. So it's a it's a double edged sword, you know, a bit of a catch 22, I think, for for the Dodgers here. I want to see them get bullpen help. Mm -hmm. That's the one thing I still that the knock on them. I don't I want to see them get bullpen help and I still want to see what they do. I mean, Kershaw's still unsigned. For some reason, I think he's going to end up in Texas. Yeah, we've been saying that one. That's his hometown, right? Dallas. Yeah, this is hometown. He's he's on the IL, and I mean, he's unsigned still. You know, they've been throwing all this money, <clears throat> and I know Texas has a need right now. We'll t- talk about that later. That I think you know Texas will offer more money than than LA would want, and you know, he gets to go home. I mean, I just I just I just feel like they need an arm and a couple of pen arms. So uh, it's good. And maybe one more bat. They're loaded. I don't think they're as loaded as people were viewing the Mets coming into last season. Um, As crazy as that sounds. I like their other guys more than the Mets' other guys. That I would agree with. That I would agree with. And I was down on the Mets' uh, lineup last year. We both were. Yeah, I just – the lineup's better. You know, I just want to see how they fill out that bullpen, you know, and I would love them to get Kershaw because I feel like – you have these young arms that will be good to slide in, but you need mm-hmm. to have like that one veteran presence there in the in the pitching staff. Because who is the veteran presence in, in the pitching staff? Glass now. Glassman's out for the year. Dustin May probably is a failed starter. Not like failed in a bad sense, but just so many injuries that like you know 
Might move him is to the pen. Is he pitching this year? He's coming off Tommy John. I'm not sure exactly when he'll be back, but he's he's injured. He's not going to start the season with him. So right now it's Yamamoto, Bueller, and Glasnow as the like assured guys. Bobby Miller and Emmett Shaheen is kind of the four five. Yeah, there is no like true veteran presence on that on that, Julio's that rotation. Gone. Julio's gone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did you did you see the report the other day about Julio? I did see that. Yeah, yeah. So you you can mention it. You can mention the report. Yeah. So Julio's charges got dismissed. So it'd be kind of interesting, kind of in like the Trevor Bauer mold. Would be like what team gives him a opportunity? And no team has given Bauer an opportunity yet, for what it's worth. Which I, I, mean, I don't know if he's going to get signed. Which I mean, Bauer. I think it was who he had comparable numbers to another guy. We'll talk about later in the pod. Okay. From okay. Japan. You want to talk Stroman now, then? Yeah, I want to talk Stroman. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I know I'm hijacking the Yankee segment again from the Yankee fan. I know that's I'm hijacking okay. it. But uh, but I kind of did some research. So Marcus Stroman signed. Um, so this was actually funny because we were uh, we were on live the other night playing uh, pro clubs. And uh, Stroman actually signed a two-year, $37 million deal with a third-year vesting option, which I immediately thought – I was talking to William on live. I was like, oh – it's kind of interesting to see where the number comes out. And I was kind of thinking of the Jameson Tyone contract as a good like barometer, even though Tyone was an overpay. And in comparison to Tyone, he got four over 68, which that number, the Stroman number comes right around that, that range in the $18 million range, which is right where Tyone's at. Erod, Eduardo Rodriguez was four over 80. Who, which he signed this year to Arizona, which he was a uh, he was one of the first half darlings last mm-hmm. year. Tijon Walker, who I think is comparable as well, who's a good two three arm, signed a four year seventy two, and Chris Sale signed a two year thirty eight deal recently, which we'll talk later in the pod with Atlanta. So I mean, look, Strowman isn't a guy you're going to have leading your rotation. But he's not a guy who just sucks. So like this is a very good top of the top of the uh, top three pitcher, top two pitcher. He, um, I think the big thing is that uh, Yankee fans need to realize is that Stroman is a guy who lives for the big moment. He likes the energy. He likes the fans. Even though he is brash, he does have some Josh Donaldson in him and Alex Verdugo. You know, he's not very mm-hmm. well liked, but I feel like he enjoys being that, and he will pitch into the into the bad markets pretty well into the big markets. Um. And people forget about it. Like Stroman was on a Cy Young pace at the first hand of the year, uh, yeah. first half of the year. Um, he had a 2.96 ERA before the injury, which was top 10 in the league. And then if you look at his numbers before the All-Star break, he was second in ground ball percentage at 59%, seventh in the lowest batting average with ball in play out of qualified starters. And he was 11th in innings pitched for the Cubs. And the Cubs is a very good part to keep this uh, – comparison for because you know how you know you you're in chicago how does chicago get in april and may and i'm like yeah obviously it's it's freezing and the wind's blowing in it's hard to when the ball does not travel well i mean it's like you don't want to be a fly ball pitcher out there because the ball will 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 carry if it's enough winds there the ball will like we've seen balls in chicago be up in the air and when the wind catches it that thing's like out if that's the, the, if the wind is blowing out, yeah. It's a matter of if the wind is blowing in or out. That's really the thing with Wrigley. And that's the thing with New York. New York got the little porches that, you know, 
plays a factor. It's a hitter-friendly ballpark. And I kind of feel like, look, the Yankees aren't going to be paying high-level prices after the Yanomoto. And really, there isn't that starter that can beat the, that level. So, I mean, let's just sprinkle the money around. You do need a guy to eat up innings because, you know, Domingo Hernan isn't isn't signed. Um, Michael King's gone. You traded him in the, in the, in the San Diego trade. Um, Carlos Rodon, we don't know what he's going to be, and you can't be expecting him to be pitching God amount, 150, 200 innings a season. So it's just like there's a lot of innings kind of left up, and that Nestor Cortez is coming back from injury. So you kind of need guys to fill in. You need a guy to eat up innings, and I kind of feel like having uh, Mr. Stroman is a great deal for the Yankees. Um, like, I don't know what you guys want. I mean, he's a perfect number three starter, two, three starter, and you're taking the load off of Rodon. You're not expecting Rodon to come back at a two, three level, two, two, like high end two level. So I kind of mean like it's a two A, two B with both of them. So I enjoy this trade, this signing. Yeah, no, I think it's a good deal. I think it's a really low commitment. Uh, two years, 37 mil. Obviously, you have that third year vesting option, but not a huge commitment from the Yankees. And he's going to slot right into their rotation. Hopefully, can stay healthy. Obviously, you mentioned the injury last year. He kind of fell off after that. But before that, I mean, I was at a game where he threw a complete game shutout against the Rays, who were the best team in baseball early on in the season. So that was on Memorial Day. He 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 He's a good pitcher uh, that can eat innings. It's a matter of obviously staying healthy as that is with every pitcher and, and can't, does his skill set translate to, uh, to Yankee stadium. You know, he pitched with the Mets in 2021. And so he, he, he can pitch in a big market. You know, he's pitched in Toronto. He's pitched in Chicago. He's, he's a big market guy. Um, and you know, when he was with the Mets three years ago, he was at a three, 3.02 ERA and, and he, um, he led the league in game started. Um, so I think the talent is absolutely there. He's at he's a good age. Um, he's he's only thirty two. He's from New York. He's from Medford. Um, so I think this is a I think this is a really high upside move. With you know if it, and if it doesn't work out, it's okay because it's only two years, thirty seven million. So I I think it's a for him like heading into this off season. Obviously, you know um, he he declined his option and he was coming off. Had he not gotten injured, I think last year. He would have gotten cool. a lot more money. He would have gotten a lot more money. He was on a Cy Young pace, like you said. So maybe it's it, it works out for the Yankees that hey, he got banged up. I believe it was a rib injury, so hopefully nothing like too long term, and and he can pitch back to where he was, you know, in the first half of last season. So I like the move from a Yankee fan perspective. I've I no I'm, no qualms. And what I'm saying is, is like, look, you're not expecting to be a number two pitcher or a number one pitcher. He's your number three starter. Hypothetically, right now, he's your number three starter. If, yeah. if 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 the offseason ends today and we're going into the regular season, he's number three starter. Mm-hmm. Would I feel like obviously, like if I'm going for a World Series, would I be comfortable? Eh, I'd like an upgrade, but am I like dying for an upgrade? Am I like trying to like upgrade him like a Clark Schmidt, even though I'm a Clark Schmidt believer? Like, I think you would agree. Like, if Clark Schmidt's a number three starter, you want an upgrade. Yes. If Marcus Owen is your number three starter, you're like, we could upgrade, but is it? top of the shopping list like mm-hmm. you can make you can't make cookies without flour you know now chocolate chips <laughs> you can make cookies without chocolate chips right right so yeah. it's so, that, so that's that's my thing and like look i think the yankee bullpen too is way better than the cubs bullpen so i don't think he's gonna have to pitch that much like yeah. i think you know 
you can manage them more. You can get them to pitch six, seven innings if there's good run support and play the bullpen out, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, you would agree that the Yankee bullpen is way better than the Cub bullpen. Yeah, and I think the, the Cubs have a, an okay bullpen, but the Yankees have a, you know, top, top end pen. And one thing with him is he hasn't pitched in, in the playoffs since 2016. I think the Yankees hope to use this guy in the playoffs. The Yankees hope to be back in, you know, October baseball this this upcoming season. He's got a 4-4 ERA in the postseason overall. And the last time he pitched, like I said, was in 2016. So it's been a minute since he's been on the biggest stage in baseball. That was on the Blue Jays, right? Yeah, and the Blue Jays in 2016 in the CS. Yeah, but that, but that Blue Jays team was kind of like, uh, I'm just I'm saying. Uh, he still pitched. He's got a three, three six five career ERA, and he's got a, a four four ERA in the playoffs. So yeah, but he's he's Benedict Arnold, bro. Go 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 look at like you're you're looking at the CS for Toronto, but go look at Benedict Arnold right there, bro. Like look what he did in the BC. He shut down the Puerto Rico lineup, and then in Puerto Rico he pitched decent with Puerto Rico. Like he this is the biggest trader. Like he literally wins a BC against. Puerto Rico, and then like the next BC, he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna just switch allegiances and be the number one for Puerto Rico." Like, nice. That's hey, like it works out winning, for you. Like, hey, that's like winning a, a national, t- winning a national title, and then hopping in the transfer portal. I mean, that that happens. That well, and going the, like you know, it's like a, what's his name that Georgia receiver, that uh, Alabama receiver, Jermaine Burton. Jermaine Burton wins the uh, wins the what you call the um, the national title game with Georgia, and he's like, "All right, I'm gonna go transfer to Alabama and then beat them." Yeah, I know. It's yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. It's essentially that's what it is. So I mean, look, I'm he might be a guy. We're gonna start something up. Uh, I don't want to spoil too much, but we're gonna start defense league, and uh, I might be buying some uh, Marcus Stroman defense league shares. Yeah. Hey, you want to talk about the defense league? What we're doing, or you want to hold that till till uh, till we get closer to the season? Let's hold it till we get closer to the season. But I am excited for that. I'm starting to get that feeling about the Yankees this season. I don't know, man. Something in the air. I just feel like. Kind of everything went wrong last year that could that could have gone wrong and making some good moves this offseason. I'm I'm starting to maybe get a little bit too excited and I maybe I need to temper my expectations. But a full hey, year man, of Aaron Judge, man. This team can't be bad with a full year of Aaron Judge. And Juan Soto. And then Verdugo. I mean, hey. I'm sipping the Kool-Aid with Strowman. I don't know. I may have to, you know. I'm the same way. I had that feeling the other night. I was like, after watching Michigan win, I was like, I don't know, man. This might be Mr. Locke's year this year. Locked in sports might be in a in a big uh, year. Yeah, we'll see. Let's let's keep it in Chicago. You know, talking Cubs with Stroman. Shota Imananga signs with the Cubs uh, earlier this week. What? Come out before we continue. Did you know anything about this guy this offseason? Heading like, into we, the offseason, no. I, I'll be brutally honest. I did not know who this guy was heading into the offseason. There was no talk about him on the market. I listened to a bunch and read a bunch of like offseason preview podcasts and, and articles in The Athletic and on ESPN. Nothing about this guy heading into the offseason. All of a sudden, we're hearing Shota and Managa, uh, you know, sweepstakes. And he ends, he ends up in Chicago. Sweepstakes. I love how it became a sweepstakes, too. Like, it literally mm-hmm. became like the Giants, bro. The Giants are the epitome of a bridesmaid, man. <laughs> always get left at the altar, bro. Like, they always get left at the altar. Like, they're always, like, number one, and then boom, left at the freaking altar. Cowboy so, style, you know. <laughs> it seemed like he wanted to be in Chicago. His, he was actually based in the Chicago area for his free agency. Uh, he joked to his agent that, you know, in the start of this process that he wanted to sign with the Cubs and he, he, he but it, it seems so far out there that it wouldn't actually happen. Uh, he didn't, he didn't think it would happen. The Cubs were very 
um, hesitant to to start their offseason proceedings. Uh, what were you going to say? Looks like you had to say something there. Hey, Chicago, what do you say? <laughs> he did He did do a hell of a job in his his uh, press conference, introductory press conference. So, yeah, he's, he, he's, it he's seemed like he wanted to be – it seemed like he wanted to be in Chicago. He signs in Chicago, four years, fifty-three million. That can become five years, eighty million after year two. Um, coming over from the Japanese league, pitched in the the WBC. He actually started that champion, or he pitched. He was the winning pitcher, sorry, in the the championship game against Team USA. Uh, he, he comes over with a two six six ERA um, and one hundred eighty eight strikeouts in one hundred and fifty nine innings. Fastball uh, ninety four miles an hour average. Um, his RPMs way up there, going to be top 10 in the bigs. Uh, known as the throwing philosopher, he admits himself that he's not a finished product. He said that in his introductory press conference through a translator. Um, so I think it's, it's, there's a lot for him to learn. Um, and I think he, he, he is another one of these guys where it's hard to say, will it work out? I think for the Cubs' sake, it's kind of like a buy low type deal here it's only 53 million dollars i say only 53 million dollars but it's not like they're spending yamamoto money to get this guy um i think it could work out it remains to be seen i think he's really excited to be in chicago so maybe that helps um we'll see i i it's hard to like give a full take on these guys that we just don't know much about i think this is a this is a bigger move being planned by the cubs not gonna lie to you in what way i think the cubs are for the japanese super league team i think the japanese super team <laughs> Why? You know, I got a, I got a real problem with a with a major league baseball right now, and I had this in chat the other day. Um, there needs to be some way where like not all of the Japanese guys can end up in the big markets because at this pace, like I think the Cubs are plotting. You know, they're signing all like a little smaller. I don't want to say smaller because nobody's smaller. I'm just saying all the you know the Japanese guys that aren't as uh, hyped up. I think they're signing them all to form a little super team. So then uh, when Roki uh, Sakai and um, uh, Murakami come over. There's like, ah, you see, we got three Japanese guys. Dodgers only got two. You see, come to us. You know, maybe, maybe type, 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 type vibes. Um, I don't know, man. It's it's just really, I just really have an issue with like how the Dodgers are really cornering the market, and you know, they only end up in big markets. I understand, like geographically, you are thousands, thousands of miles away from home, but like. When is it, when are we ever gonna get some like Fujinami type shit like ending up in like Oakland and Baltimore? You know, like America has a lot of great cities. Like, there's a lot of great other American cities than just mm-hmm. LA. Mm-hmm. Any like, thoughts I mean, on 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 the move for the Cubs itself themselves? I mean, they're just replacing Stroman. Yeah. Which I mean, this is just a Stroman replacement, and I mean, what is it for? Do the math. Four over fifty three. You're really putting it out around fifteen thirty, around less than fifteen million. So you really save money on Stroman, and I mean, if it works out, you have another guy to recruit a Japanese guy next year. Like, yeah, that, and it's the rotation is going to be rotation is going to be Justin Steele, Jameson Tyone, Imanaga, Kyle Hendricks, and Jordan Wicks. Like, it's okay. Oh, I don't God. think it's. I don't think it's like that's not a World Series level rotation. I mean, Tyone, man, they paid 4 of 68 for Tyone. Like, they don't have a frontline guy. And it's... They don't. The, the Cubs had so much building going into the offseason, and they've been a huge disappointment. 
that like you've had so much to look forward to for the Cub fan base in the offseason that you you know you had a great year, you overexceeded expectations, and you know you could have been a player and just thrown some money out and continue to like film the things, but I just kind of think they're just holding and waiting for these prospects to come up with Cade Horton. At the end of the day, man, you're Chicago, man. You 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 know, you're one of the biggest teams in baseball. You know, you got to build on that. The Central's going to be wide open this year. Like, Central's anybody's game. Mm-hmm. It's like, come on, man. Like, do something to compete. Yeah, I think their offseason got started a little bit late, but I'm thinking they're going to get Bellinger back. Also, interestingly enough, they made this move the week, like the week leading up to CubsCon. I don't think they could have had CubsCon without, you know, any signings, the fans would not have been happy at, at, at that convention. So I think the, this signing comes at a really good time for, for the organization. And I think it, Wait, it might – what? There's a Cubs con? There was. It Cubs con like, was this past weekend, yes, in that Chicago. Sounds, that, sounds like, that sounds like a freaking like Comic-Con out in San Diego where it's like you see every Cub fan from the country and they have like trading cards and like, you know. Yeah, no, it's, you know, that's pretty much what it is. Snuggies and like people dress up in like – Cubs gear and like full on Cubs mascot gear, man. That's pretty much what it is. And um, Dansby Swanson said at the thing that they they need to get the the Bellinger uh, signing done. So maybe that's some momentum for the front office to to get that thing done. Um, can you can you can you fact check me? You probably because you're in Chicago, you, you hear more than me. That you talk to people there. They didn't like the GM. What's the GM? I don't know the GM's name. I forgot his name. Jed Hoyer. Jed Hoyer. Yeah, it is Jed Hoyer. yeah. Didn't he say that they're rounding fourth or like in the fifth inning? Of their off season, mm-hmm. yeah, he said that. I saw that. Yeah. So it's just like one of the things I thought about it, and I was like, "Wait a second. There's either two ways the rest of the off season for the Cubs could go. It could either be like they do this crap, and like I'm left with the like you know bland off season. It's like going to like a freaking nice restaurant, spending 150 dollars on a steak, and it's just like kind of meh. Like, oh yeah, I went and got some like choice beef tonight, and you know, but it was just <laughs> kind of like box standard, which is mm-hmm. Shota Imaga. You know, I don't know what to what to think about it. Or they just start bargain binning, which I kind of think is what they're going to do. Not bargain binning to the extent that they're, oh, they're going to start throwing money to like Heimer Condelarios, even though he's off the market. But like those type of players that are left, are they just waiting for all these prices to come down and just go crazy? They're waiting for like, you know, it's like going to Nordstrom at the end of like the season, like buying a winter coat. In like the end of February, start of March, you know, getting it like fifty to seventy okay. percent off. That's what I kind of think like they're going for right now. We'll that's see. Now, you see, like that's what I kind of think the Cubs are going for. They're waiting for the Cody price to go down. They're waiting for the Chapman price to go down, and then they're just going to come and just like absolutely just go crazy. I think, yeah, I think, and I don't necessarily think that's a bad strategy. You know, it not like any of the major names that have come off the board. We're we're gonna go to Chicago anyways. Obviously Otani, but they were never in on Otani. They were never gonna get him. So, I, but they're I playing mean, with fire. I, I think they're, they're with fire. they are. That's they the are. Point. There's a lot of pressure when it comes down later in the in the process. I think their guy is Bellinger. I think I think they have to get that done. If they don't get that done, then it's a disappointing offseason for them. You want to talk about Bellinger? Like let's let's go ahead. We've we've brought him up way too much. Yeah. Like I'm kind of surprised nobody's kind of thrown the money. I feel like some team would get desperate. Just throw the money like I kind of feel like a San Francisco. Why isn't San Francisco throwing the money at him? Why isn't a Seattle? Seattle has a need in the outfield. Well, San, Fr- San Francisco's been pretty active. Seattle got their outfielder and Mitch Hanniger. Uh I think one thing no, with Seattle, yeah, but it's just like well, you gotta have Cody Bellinger and Mitch Hanniger. 
Cody Bellinger, I mean, the upside, the Cody Bellinger upside is way higher. Yeah, and if you, if that actually works, could you imagine an outfield of him and Julio in the <sighs> middle of the order? Right, and and the good thing about Bellinger, and I think it's part of the reason that his price has gone up so much, is he can play so many different positions: first base, right field, center field, and left field. You know, he's a very versatile player, great defender, coming off a, a great you know bounce back season at the plate. I think that's part of the, and he's a Boris client. So if you have that kind of a season and you're a Boris client, the price is just going to be really high. And, and that is the case right now. That's part of the reason that he hasn't been, or that is probably the reason that he hasn't been signed so far. I think he, his best offer will probably come from Chicago. You know, the other teams that are in the mix, the Blue Jays, I mean, the Blue Jays have been just, they've gotten screwed. They've been the bridesmaid this year too. Giants, same thing. And, and then the Angels. I mean, he's not going to go to the Angels. I think he's going to go to a contender. The Yankees are out. The Yankees have made their moves uh, in terms of the position players, I think. So I think it's pretty much the best match for him is the Cubs. It's just a matter of time and, and price. I'm just, I'm just to the point that it's just like, I don't know why if like I would, if I'm a, I'm, I'm, if I am a general manager, I would just take the chance. Like if I'm Seattle, why not take the chance? Because if you hit, you literally have a Julio, Cody, and like you literally solve part of your problem that you have a problem of a, like a hitting problem in the middle of your lineup. I mean, you literally thought the Oscar was going to be that guy and he wasn't that. Jared Kelnick didn't work out. So then it's just kind of like, who are you running out in the outfield? Mitch Hanniger? Yeah, it's kind of a reunion, but like Mitch Hanniger or Cody Bellinger? Cody Bellinger has MVP upside. I'm, <clears throat> yes, he does. I would say it's also easier said than done to just say, or, or it's easy to say like, yeah, you can just take a chance on him. But you know, it's going to be it's going to be like a hundred and forty, hundred and fifty million dollar investment, twenty four, twenty five million dollars a year. It's not going to be like fifty million dollar contract. It's a lot of money, and, and especially I think there. Yes, he had a good year last year, but there's still the concern that he can revert back to his twenty twenty two self, where he looked like he shouldn't be in the major leagues. There is that. There is the possibility of that happening. But I mean, then you see, but then you just protect yourself with opt-outs. And this is probably the way the negotiation is going with Boris and whatever team they're talking to. And, and Boris is going to want that security. The team is going to want those opt-outs, the way, the way to get out of that deal. But that, that's, that's negotiations. It, it, I mean, it's just like with the bats left in the market, I think the only one that I would legitimately consider throwing a bag to is probably Jorge Soler. Mm-hmm. I mean, and then, after, and then after that, JD Martinez. But like the drop off is just, yeah. Bellinger's the best bat on the market. You can make the argument outside of Otani, he's the best bat this free agent cycle. He probably is actually. No. Maybe yeah, because what's left for Reese Hoskins? Haven't seen him play in a while. Well, he he's coming off ACL. And yeah. I mean, the Cubs are linked, but the thing is, is like he is a Boris client also. So then it's kind of, you know, you're going into the, you know, Pete Alonso sweepstakes, which is next, which is upcoming with the Mets, which who knows is going to happen. So mm-hmm. you want to hit right. up some quick, quick hitters? Yeah, let's keep it going. Let's go go through some of the other moves that have happened. Mets have been active, kind of bargain binning, I would say, taking yeah, over the Yankees not- seconds. Uh, yeah, Severino. Severino, Bader, uh, Sean Manaya. I actually like the Sean Manaya signing. I think he's a guy that can be a back half of the rotation bullpen guy. But I mean, Severino, one year deal. Bader, one year deal. I think they're in. They're, if these moves tell me that they're in a transition year. 
yeah, pretty much transition there. And they're just signing the familiar faces with uh, Mendoza as the manager, signing dudes that he already knows. So kind of knows his way of managing and trying to set a culture out in uh, in, in Queens. So that's mm-hmm. that's what it kind of screams to me. Mm-hmm. Frankie I mean, Montas? I mean, before we get to Frankie, I mean, how embarrassing is that? Like, it's like it's like talking about your ex. It's like, why are you bringing up Yankees questions at like the the Mets like signing process? Like, it's like talking about your ex. Like, <laughs> like why? Like why? Like we know how it ended. We don't need to go back from it. And then like Severino's like, oh, saying, oh, I thought I was gonna die as a Yankee. That's like saying, look, oh, I thought I was gonna get married to my ex girlfriend. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Like, why are we asking these questions? Like, like think uh, about it. It's kind of like, bro, that's dead and gone. Get yeah. over. That's not ex- that's not exactly what you want to hear as a Mets fan in the introductory press like, conference. Saying, like, why do we talk about the Yankees? Like, that's like, that's like saying like, oh, he dated my like, like my rival, like the person I hate the most. Like, yeah. why are we talking about her? Like, we we get it. Severino got a good good one year deal. He's getting opportunity, and I, he's still young. He could still get another deal. How old is Severino? Yeah, but that's just a, that's just such a dumb question. You're talking about like the ex team you're with. Like you could talk about oh, like you don't have to talk about that. You I know? know, Severino's like, only 29, so yeah, he can get a good deal next offseason if he has a good I year. Mean, yeah, I so mean, yeah. Uh, another former Yankee, Frankie Montas, to the Reds, one year, sixteen million dollars. I mean, yeah, probably a bit of an overpay considering we haven't seen this guy pitch. I mean, he did pitch in the last game of the year, uh, but really have not seen him pitch since 2022. The, the the Reds need pitching. I think they were 25th in ERA last year. Rotation's really young, and it's going to need some developing. And this is kind of a, a prove-it deal for Montas. 16 mil, though, for one year is a lot for him, I think. Well, I'm a burner on a X. I have to say X now, not Twitter. Thanks, Elon. Um, said that uh, it could be a ploy of a little bit of quid pro quo where, like, oh, we're going to overpay for a client so you can help us out later for guys like Ali and, like, you know, that are, or, or like other Boris clients that are bigger on the team. So interesting. I mean, my biggest thing with the Reds is, like, you, you, they need guys to eat innings. Mm-hmm. You don't want Hunter, Hunter Green has not shown that he can pitch 150 innings, and neither has Nick Lodolo. So you need guys to eat innings, and I mean, Frankie Montas coming off coming off a injury, not necessarily an innings eater. You need innings eater, and you would like some a little bit of more of a veteran presence in the in there to like also eat innings and teach him the ways, and maybe be a frontline guy because I think you and me both like I'm higher on Hunter Green and Lodolo than you are. You think they're more like two A, one B, one A guys. I kind of still feel they need that like top of the line guy, and Montes is not top of the line guy. Maybe top of the line for the A's. That's the A's. Yeah, they don't have a number one. I think they're looking to develop the number one rather than get that guy on the market. Not that that's you know groundbreaking to say, but that's kind of how they operate. So, but but it's but it's just like you have to think about their window. Their window is yeah. opening up, but the thing is, how long will it take you to develop that pitcher? And how long will it be till they actually have to start and, and start paying these guys? And how many of them will they pay? They have so much young talent. They already paid Hunter. It's easy to say like, yeah, they have a, a huge championship window with all the young guys. But it's also, I think you have to notice the, the market that they play in and, and the fact that 
not all these guys are going to develop. And at some point, they're going to have to pay him. So, yes, the future is bright for Cincy. Still some question marks. Let's but keep it gotta going. Get, you got to you got to get on with it. Um, yeah. I'll bring up the next one. I thought it was very interesting. Um, this is what I want to talk about. Blake Snell rejecting the Yankee deal. Um, Blake Snell was looking for a seven-year, $172 million deal that Nola got from Philly. But the market's not there. Um, I think, like I said, I think it's more due to his personality and the fact that this Yankee thing is getting thrown out, I kind of feel like as much as Snell would be great for the Yankees, I don't feel like he's a Yankee guy. I don't feel like the market would love Snell. Yeah, and I think he he has that Rays past where, you know, it was a little bit contentious between him and the Yankees when he was on the Rays. So, I don't know. I think the Giants were a team that I could have seen signing him, but now they went out and got Jordan Hicks. They also traded for Robbie Ray. So it's like, where are we with his market right now? I don't think there's that. He apparently, like you said, wants the Aaron Nola deal or a deal in that in that region. I just, who's paying it? Right now, I think the, the only team that would sign Snell is the Giants. The Giants still need some pitching, but they've been relatively active this offseason. Do the Giants need more pitching, though? They have a lot of arms. They don't have like a frontline guy. Webb, Logan Webb, Logan Webb. I um, I would love to Robert see Ray. Logan Webb has to prove it to me again. Logan Webb, Hicks, Robbie Ray, no order. Kyle Harrison, Jordan, yeah, uh, Keaton Wynn is another guy. So they're young. They're young, but I mean, like, I don't think he kind of like fits what they're kind of doing. And I mean, San Francisco's okay. not a desirable market. I I just feel like. Again, another bargain bin. I think like maybe the Cubs circle round back. Cubs or Yankees circle round back once his like market goes lower because Philadelphia even said they're not even like that's another thing. Philadelphia said they're not they're not going to splash any more money. They're kind of just like holding pat. They don't they're not going to go up on the operating costs. So it's kind of like you're kind of stuck with what teams actually have the money. I mean, perfect segue. Um, Texas has these RSN problems. They can't pay Jordan Montgomery. Right, and so you know, and I kind of think everybody's Jordan Montgomery's market's kind of like the same market as as uh, Blake Snell. The only thing about it, about it is like, who do you want, Snell or Montgomery? My thing is with Montgomery is that Montgomery, you're basically playing paying him for a year and a half of service, of like decent service, of proving it. Right. Yeah. Obviously, coming from a Yankee fan myself, like watching Montgomery develop as a pitcher. I, I kind of view him just in the back of my mind and I, I can't shake it as like a three guy, you know, as a quality starter, but it feels like he's being marketed or he expects to get paid like frontline money this off season. I just, I would pause and hesitate to pay Jordan Montgomery $150 million. There, there's a, there's the, there, there's also the reason why the Yankees did not include him in the playoff roster as a, as a starter. Right. And, 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 and he, he, he's riding off in an amazing postseason. He pitched great for the Rangers down the stretch and in the World Series. He's, he deserves whatever contract he's going to get. He deserves a bag for just that performance alone. But you don't want to get caught up paying for past performance. How does this guy project in the future? I'm not sure. I, I think he ends up in Texas, though. I just don't think so. I don't think he's going to get the money. I think some crap team will give him the money. Um, some crap team will give him the money. And um, 
and like Texas will end up with Clayton Kershaw because then they'll get like they'll be shaken, they'll get really like hesitant and just jump on a guy with experience, and then Texas can run their whole geriatric uh, rotation <laughs> with uh with the Grom, Kershaw, and Scherzer eating up a hundred and forty games on the IL out of one sixty two. What about Toronto for either of these guys? They haven't done much. Toronto's kind of in the same position as San Francisco, where it's just like you got to pay those Canadian taxes, which I don't think I don't think many people would uh, be looking for that. And I just feel like, where would he slot in there? I just uh, he would slot into like, that rotation. I've noticed their rotation is not terrible or not scary. Kevin Kevin Gosman, Cy Young level guy, Jose Barrios, wish- Bassett, Kikuchi. The thing is, is like I kind of wish like Baltimore throws some money at one of these guys. Yeah, they've been quiet. Baltimore, they've been quiet. They, they've been very quiet. They haven't done anything. So it's just like I kind of feel like with Montgomery and Snell, it's just a matter of time for the market just to drop, and then that's when you're going to see people come in and buy. Like I feel like Baltimore could be a place if they're if they're willing to splash a little bit of money because they haven't done anything in the rotation. Toronto hasn't done anything, and the Yankees still have a, a void. I mean, let's be honest. Yankees are running. Um, Cole, Rodon, Stroman, Nestor coming off surgery, and who's the five? Schmidt. Do you want Schmidt as your number five? Yes, I'm okay with that. I would love. Okay? I think the Yankees need to maybe do get one more guy. I would love them to get Snell. I would love that or or Montgomery. But but, but that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I think Montgomery would never go back to the Yankees after what happened. Probably not. Probably yeah, I not. think there's kind of like that, like that you know thing. And my thing is, I think I, as much as I love Schmidt, I feel like if you're trying to be a World Series team, I feel, you know, it's kind of like in football. You always have that one offensive lineman that can play like two or three different positions in the O-line that could just come in and give you a spot start and give you like a good start. I'm not saying elite. I'm just saying like a good start that can hold his own. And I kind of feel like that's what Clark Schmidt is. Clark Schmidt on a World Series team is a number six starter who comes out of the pen and whatever he needs to like fill in a couple eight innings, that's who he is. Yeah. Even though as much of a, I'm a fan I, I am of his game, like that's who Clark Schmidt is. Same thing with Johnny Brito. He's, uh, yeah, he's gone now. Yeah, he's gone too. So the fact is, the Yankees need one more guy. They need another guy to eat innings, and I kind of feel like, kind of like, I kind of feel like everybody's market right now is being held up since we're, we're kind of in that like dead zone of the off season that like. I expect things to start kicking up in the next two weeks, like a week and a half before uh, before uh, spring training opens up. I mean, we're getting close to pitchers and catchers, so yeah, this this thing needs to hurry up. Let's let's keep going. Uh, other deals. Uh, I mean, Giolito. Yeah, let's go with Giolito. We're on starters. Giolito is going to Boston. How much money did Giolito get? Two years, thirty-eight-five. Oh, oh. Yeah. Two years, thirty-eight. Yeah. This dude was borderline unstartable, bro. This dude, literally, like, no offense, like Giolito at his prime was great. But this dude played on three teams after the trade deadline. Do you understand how difficult it is to play for three teams after the trade deadline? Yeah. It's a lot of money for a guy that struggled. He's still young, so maybe that's part of the reason. But he was really bad. Yeah, last year had a 91 ERA plus. His overall ERA was a 4.88. Six starts in Cleveland, seven ERA. Six starts in L.A., just under seven ERA. Was okay with the White Sox three seven nine, but ugh, too much money, too much money. Bro, Marcus Stroman contract looking real good, man. That's all I'll say. I know. Um, it, uh, next one. Go ahead. Um, 
uh, the Marlins have no idea what they're freaking doing, man. The Marlins literally lose Kim Ning, and it's just like they lost all common sense in that franchise. Like, Kim Ning was the brain. She wore the pants in that whole team, bro. Um, they literally are open to dealing. Marlins are open to dealing Luis Arrays, your ML MVP candidate last year. Yeah. 400 watch batting average last year for like half the season. Um, new, 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 new leadership, new leadership. They're not going to pay him. He's got two years of control left and he's going to get a big deal. That's probably why unfortunate for Marlins fans, you know, they get actually, they finally get good. And then it's, well, let's get rid of all of our guys. I hope they don't move them before the the season. I hope they play it out. I'm not super optimistic on them. They're in a really tough division, but why would you trade your best bat? Yeah. That just, don't let's, let's let's just uh, rehaul our whole front office the year that we actually make the playoffs. Great idea, bro. Great freaking idea. Well, they got you know they got Gabe Kapler in that front office now. So, I mean, but it makes no sense. Like, what? what my thing is, what is your or what is a possible? And I, we'll go quickly with this. What is your possible loser raise return? I think I I don't know. I can't even one one two maybe top prospects, but I think his. His value is probably as high as it's going to be. Maybe they see that. He's 26, but he plays second base. Does he project as a second baseman long term? Probably not. I see him more as like a first baseman, I think. You know how people value second baseman in MLB? Yeah, they don't. We've seen it before. They don't. So, hey, if I'm him, I'm learning third base and getting a bag and getting out of here. Yeah. Jordan Hicks. I know you will. Yeah, you know. Jordan Hicks. Jordan Hicks to San Francisco. Four years, 44 mil. Trying to move him to the starting rotation, it seems. Apparently, he picked up a splitter. I mean, he's a fastball guy. He averaged 100.3 miles per hour on the fastball below last year, which was second in the majors behind the Twins' Johan Duran. Expected to have a bit of an innings limit of 100 innings pitch next year. Um, he he Last year was the first year that he was really able to stay healthy. Obviously, got traded to the Blue Jays at the deadline. Uh, from St. Louis, he did not end up on the injured list last year. So I think biggest thing for him, obviously outside of the control, because he has control issues, is staying healthy. <laughs> Bro, you just said control issues. Sorry, uh, in, in terms of pitching, not life. I, no, I, no, I'm saying no, no, no. But it's just like I didn't think about life. I was just like, well, why do you think it out, out of life? I literally thought of that Giants. Bro, the Giants literally have like all of the like the erratic pitchers now. Giants got Robbie Ray. Yeah. They got they got Jordan Hicks. They might break the record for walks. They might need to like, you know, take a walk, get a freaking Beatles cover out there at the, you know, Abbey Road walking down, the amount of people they're gonna walk to first base with Robbie Ray. And and, and, and Logan Webb walk, walks a lot of guys too. Yeah. So I mean, hey. Better start walking, man. Out in San at, Francisco. at least the Giants are spending money. Walking in San Francisco. Yeah. Okay. Um, what else? What else? Uh, I mean, we, oh, Robbie Ray trade. One. Okay. Yeah, Robbie. Uh, well, we thought you, you were Robbie. I don't. I don't have much to say about this Robbie Ray. Trade. I'm a Robbie Ray guy. 2021 Cy Young. He gets traded to uh, San Francisco from Seattle. Seattle gets Mitch Haniger in return. Um, didn't, didn't they get someone else? Sorry. If I, I, I'm missing that. I don't, I don't know. But the, the main the main thing is that it was Robbie Ray for Haniger. Yeah, Giants are sending six mil back to the Mariners as part of the trade. Robbie Ray coming off Tommy John, so he won't be ready to to pitch until like the All Star game. He was like 
he's good when he's at his best and obviously he won a Cy Young in 2021. I think a big thing that we forget about last year's Mariners season, which was so disappointing coming off the great 2022 year they had is, is the fact that Robbie Ray, their best pitcher or second best pitcher had one start and then popped his elbow and had to get Tommy John. If, if he stays healthy next year, last year, they probably make the playoffs. I disagree. Okay. I don't, I don't think, I don't, I don't, I think Robbie Ray is an erratic pitcher, been an erratic pitcher. I think the fact is that the, this is kind of a Mariners admitting uh, this is like the Giants are admitting the F that they screwed up with Mitch Hanniger. Like one year into that contract, they're kind of like throwing their hands up, saying this is a bad deal. Which I, I, I give credit to front offenses that are that aren't prideful and are willing to admit that they've made mistakes and you know move on mm-hmm. before everything hits the fan. Unlike Mister Cashman <laughs> out in New York. Okay. Um. But yeah, I, I mean, the Mariners' season problem wasn't pitching. I mean. The Mariners pretty much saw that Ray was a surplus to requirements, and I feel like they made the right decision by trading him because they're going to have to pay Logan Gilbert, and they have Bryce Miller too there, and they're they they've they've done a really good job, and George Kirby they've done a really good job at a which we'll call it at developing arms. So I mean, like they're better served at moving away that money and going and uh, getting bats, which I've said is their biggest issue, and I called it last year. Um, that you know, they're they're just lineup is doesn't inflict fear. You got Julio and what else? Eugenio yeah. Suarez. Yeah, but Suarez is, so Suarez is gone now. Yeah, he's in Arizona. So it's like who, who who's in that lineup? Kelnick's gone. Suarez is gone. Carlos Santana. God knows what team he's on right now. He's like in the MLB equivalent of who he play for. Uh, I don't even know the catcher. I know JP Crawford's there. Yeah. Uh, well, Cal, Cal, Cal Raleigh. Mitch Garver. I don't, is Adam Frazier still there? Mm, I don't think so. They, they, got Luke, they got Luke Rayleigh. Yeah, but it's just like he's a Tampa bat. I don't trust anybody who leaves that system. Mm. You, you always buy or beware guys that Tampa let go. Yeah, and, and they also – the other guy in the trade was Anthony Dis- Discofani. He gets over to oh, the Mariners. He's an oh, innings yeah. eater, innings eater. The fact is, like, he's a good swing guy. I mean, four or five guy. I mean, good deal for Seattle, but I just feel like you just need more bats. I kind of mean like you're trying to snap back at reality with him. You're just better off recovering prospects and trying to go get a bat like a, you know, Jorge Soler back yep. there in the outfield or uh, or Cody. Cody price may be way too high. Yeah. Um, trade I liked for Chicago. They got uh, Almonte, Almonte, and Michael Bush from the um, from the Dodgers. Dodgers are pretty much have too many guys in their forty on their forty man. I think Almonte is a is a decent reliever. Has a good stuff out of the pen, just a little bit erratic. And I think Michael Bush is a, you know, a prospect that you know was top ten in the system, top five in their system. But there's just no home for him with Mookie Betts playing second potentially. And uh, and who's the who's their shortstop? It's going to be Lux this year. That's right, Lux and Rojas. I was gonna, I was gonna say Rojas, but I know Rojas isn't the starter. Yeah, I mean, but, uh, Bush is gonna get a lot more PT. He's he was the top prospect, like you said, was kind of just blocked. He could slot in as their everyday third baseman, or he'll play some first base depending on what happens with Bellinger. But I think it's a good move for him. Um, he's from, I believe, Wisconsin, uh, or or sorry, Minnesota. So oh, back in the Midwest. Yeah. So yeah, kind of coming on, back man. to that part of the country, I think it's a good move for him and and the Cubs. Yeah, and, and picking up a bullpen arm too can't hurt. They need to bolster that pen. Bro, you know what part of the country that slept on for baseball that not many people think about? What? Midwest. 
Yeah. Midwest has some quality talent. I'm not saying it's not like the South, like Texas and Florida and like the hot weather states, but like think about, you know, there's some quality in Mel Beers, Michael Bush. Uh, I think he'll be quality. Um, Jared Kelnick. I think Kelnick's going to have a big year in Atlanta. I think he's going to be a really big rebound year for him. Cronenworth, too. Um, Walker, uh, not Walker Jenkins. Well, what's his name? Dude, that's the Bryce Harper region. Walter not Jenkins, him. right? No, no. What's the Bryce Harper region? Max Clark? Yeah, 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 Max Walker, Clark, yeah. Max Clark. He's, he's the Bryce Harper region. That's how I think about it. Just looking at his Instagram, like this dude's like – He is Bryce Harper. He is. Like people are going to hate him. Like he's going to be one of the most hated demo beers. Like, but, by, like after year one. He's going to get plunked a bunch. He's – I'm not – prone to or I, I don't usually like high school bats but i think he kind of just has a swagger about him where i think he actually might pan out in the major leagues I, but i can guarantee you when he has that series with the, with the yankees and he pimps the ball off and he doesn't yeah. have to absolutely hate his ass and you'll just come on and just rip him in the pod probably probably any other uh, mr mr uh mr enron aka alex Anthopoulos, is with the braves for 2031 so he'll be continuing to cook the books so then, um, Josh Hader still on sign. I mean, Josh Hader is a pretty overrated closer in my opinion. Wow. And, you know, he's not an elite closer. I don't think an elite closer exists right now. He wants five-year, $102 million for Edwin Diaz, and he's nowhere near close to Edwin Diaz, and that contract's going to look really bad really soon. Yeah, I, I think Hader will sign after the starters go off the market, Monty and Snell. Yeah, and then uh, Dylan Cease, of course, the White Sox are penny-pinching, a.k.a. you know, asking for a crap ton of prospects for a dude that's pretty much, I don't want to say broken, but you know, he wasn't the guy last year as he was the year before. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't know. They're kind of like playing with fire because if Cease comes out and lays eggs, oh boy, that price is going to sink. I think you only got eight mil, eight mil off arbitration too. If you want to go into arbit- a little bit of arbitration now, uh, no, we don't need to go into arbitration. I mean, Soto broke the record, thirty-one mil, a million dollars more than than Otani got last year. Um, I mean, yeah, Cease was, went from a two-two ERA in in twenty twenty-two all the way up to a four-five-eight ERA last year. So his market, I mean, yeah, he's super young, but he was terrible last year. So I don't know, I don't know. Yeah, arbitration uh, don't have. Don't have too much. Just that Soto got a bag. And, yeah, you want to go. Yeah. And, and Burns, they they did agree to terms. Burns and the the Brewers. So. Hey, Woodruff's still available too, man. That's, hey, he's hurt crazy. though. He won't pitch all next year. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I mean, he's a good. I would love to see the maybe the Cubs buy into him and just reclamation project him. Craig Council's there. Good good segue. We'll go quickly in this. You got any under the radar free agents that have been unsigned? Like, like I said, Brandon Woodruff. I think guys, you want um, a guy that I'm interested in, 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 in where he ends up is um, Whit Merrifield. I feel like he's maybe a little bit underrated. Um, I also think that, and I know he's got issues off the field, maybe, but Clevenger actually had a really good year for the White Sox last year. Very under the radar. I think he could be a good arm for wherever he ends up. Uh, and then a guy that no one's really talking about, but Matt Chapman's one of the best defensive players in, in of this era of baseball. Going to command a lot of money. I think he ultimately ends up going back to Toronto, but he's also still on the market. Haven't heard a lot from him on his on where he's going to go. 
Uh, for me, Carlos Santana still on the market. I mean, he's one of those guys that will uh, that will end up on some Midwestern team, NL Central, AL Central team, and just find his way on a contender on one of those like wild card teams as he always does. Um, CJ Crone, I am a CJ Crone guy. Um, interested to see where he ends up. Uh, uh, Hector Neris, I feel his market's kind of Hector Neris is coming up. Wandy Peralta, Aroldis Chapman, still available. Can we? Can we? And then go ahead. Finally, you got one more. Sorry. Finally, my guy is still unsigned. Tim Anderson. Uh, yeah, Tim Anderson, man. Why are teams not signing this man? You know, he's thirty. He could have a bounce back year next year. He's going to get a one year deal, I think. Buy low, give him a starting op. <laughs> I think he's willing to play second. Just sign the thing. Could work out. Saying, hey, contending team like big market Yankees. Can we have can we have uh, a memorial service for the end of an era? Oh yes, um, one of my guys. IKF signed with the Blue Jays, and it's oh. the end of an era in the Bronx. Two years, fifteen mil in Toronto. It's like that song. Goodbye, my lover. Goodbye, my oh. friend. And that's how I, I feel about IKF, to- man. He's gone. I wasn't even. I wasn't even going to talk about IKF. I was going to talk about something actually worse than IKF. Like he's oh. still playing. Who? Who? Michael Brantley retired. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. One of the greatest player to be tr- named later's in a trade. Yes. If he wasn't a part of the CC Sabathia trade, going to Cleveland to the Guardians, ended up having a great career. Uh, he barely struck out. Like the dude is like a professional hitter. Yes. Definition of a professional hitter. We will miss him. Yeah. So hey. I would uh if you guys are learning baseball, just go watch uh just go watch some Brantley tape. He'll uh he'll uh definitely be a you know, a guy to just learn how to have plate discipline. Yes. All right. That's it. I think that's all we got. We've been going for an hour, fifteen minutes. We've covered everything. We've talked about every move, catching up on a full month of moves. Um, and we're back in it. We're back into weekly MLB podcasts. Feels, good. Feels good to be week? back. Feels good to be back. What are we doing next week? I think we'll, we'll think of a gimmick and hopefully someone gets signed. But let, let's keep Podcast, it pushing next week. Let's go talk about some prospects and just bore the listeners for talking about just 18-year-olds. Give it a few, give it a few weeks for, for the prospect talk. All right. Um, but hopefully some moves go down between today and next week. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. If you made it this far, it was fun. A lot of moves have happened in the last month. I'm starting to get that baseball itch. It's too cold to even like think about playing baseball uh, outside, but it's getting close. We're about a month away or so from pitchers and catchers. So, you know, football season's winding down and it's really just like regular season basketball right now. So uh, I can't wait for baseball to start, man. Can't wait. Grizzlies are dead. Cowboys are dead. Everything's dying. We all know who's going to be in the in the, in the championship. Cam Newton knows the script. So okay, all right. That's it. You got anything else? That'll be it. Weekly podcasters are back. I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast, and we'll catch you guys next week. Peace out. <laughs>